Good morning, listeners. God morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and I'd like to dedicate today's podcast to Tony. One good thing about praying, it never gets boring. It never gets old. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, God. You're ushering in another day, untouched and freshly new. So here I come to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday. And let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. But Father, I am well aware I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight, for I can't walk alone. Amen. Heavenly Father, I call on you right now in a special way. It is through your power that I was created. Every breath I take, every morning I wake, and every moment of every hour, I live under your power. Father, I ask you now to touch me with that same power, for if you created me from nothing, you can certainly recreate me. Fill me with the healing power of your spirit. Cast out anything that should not be in me. Mend what is broken. Root out any unproductive cells. Open any blocked arteries or veins and rebuild any damaged areas. Remove all inflammation and cleanse any infection. Let the warmth of your healing love pass through my body to make new any unhealthy areas so that my body will function the way you created it to function. And Father, restore me to full health in mind, body, and spirit so that I may serve you the rest of my life. And I ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Dear God, as I begin this day, let me turn my thoughts to you and ask your help in guiding me in everything I say and do. Give me the patience that I need to keep my peace of mind. And with life's cares, I hope, dear God, some happiness to find. Let me live but for today, not worrying what's ahead, for I have trust that you will see I get my daily bread. Give me courage to face life's trials and not from troubles run. Let me keep this thought in mind, thy will, not mine, be done. And if some wish I do not get, though I have prayed to thee, Help me to believe and understand. You know what's best for me. I've failed you many times, I know. But when tonight I rest, I hope 
that I can kneel and say, dear God, I've tried my best. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So glad you came to pray with me today. Stay right there. I'll be back. I've got messages. And reading from Inner Harvest, it says, Hurts do heal. Time has a wonderful way of erasing bad feelings and leaving us with good ones. Our memories are selective, and fortunately, the pleasant ones seem to have more staying power. Whatever has been real and meaningful for us tends to remain with us, and the rest gradually fades away. We can assist the selection process of memory by consciously letting go of the thoughts and feelings that disturb our serenity. You might imagine yourself making a package out of disappointment, throw in your hostility and add some hurt feelings and whatever is hampering your spirit. Wrap that package tightly and ship it off to God. Send it airmail. Refusing to dwell on our wounds allows them to heal more quickly. There is no place for self-pity. The reprieve we have from self-pity depends on our spiritual condition. Gratitude for all the good fortune that comes our way is what is gonna keep us healthy. I will remember what hurts today and that it will pass in time. I can speed its departure by refusing to indulge in its memory. Amen. I thought you'd like that. When we are willing and able to give love, we shall receive it. The 
If only I had the right relationship. This is a thought that has crossed many of our minds. And in the past, some of us have tried to find substitutes for love. Others of us have allowed an obsession with being loved to undermine our ability to have a satisfying relationship. Well, listeners, we need love. We all do. And we need love from more than just one special person. The more loving we are, we are able to contact with others. And more nourishment will come back and feed our hearts and our spirit. By making a commitment to show love, we put ourselves on the path to love. And as harmful as our compulsions are, we will have new energy to focus on our relationships with those whose lives we touch. We find a source of spiritual strength and insight that enables us to give love as well as receive it. Daily, we are to make ourselves ready for love. So today, we will practice love. Amen. And I love it. (laughs) In Touch Magazine, now they're talking about how do you handle guilt? Mankind has tried to avoid dealing with painful emotion for as long as humanity has existed. It all began in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve disobeyed God and we've been using their faulty methods in an attempt to silence guilt ever since. Adam and Eve's first reaction was to cover up rather than fess up, but nothing can conceal sin from God. Next, they attempted to hide from the Lord. Have you ever found yourself avoiding prayer and time in the scriptures because you don't want to feel convicted? Then Adam and Eve refused to take personal responsibility and tried shifting the blame to others. But we are each responsible before God for our own actions, regardless of the circumstances or who else is involved. So fully aware of Adam and Eve's guilt, the Lord came to them and asked several questions designed to bring them face to face with their sin. And this is still the only way to deal with our failures. We must come to the Lord in confession and repentance so that we can receive the forgiveness and cleansing that Christ already purchased for us on the cross. We want to receive forgiveness and 
cleansing. What a beautiful thought. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to understand God's purposes for adversity. And in the midst of a personal tragedy, the Lord's sovereignty may seem like a harsh, uncaring theology. But the truth is, God works all things together for the believer's good. David's writings in the Bible illustrate the importance of trusting in God's control of all things, no matter how difficult the situation. When he was running from his life from King Saul, the Lord repeatedly spared David his life and eventually made him king of Israel. And when David's son died in an attempt to take the throne, God was the king's support and comfort. Through every affliction, the Lord provided protection and guidance each step of the way. And those experiences taught David to trust wholeheartedly in the Lord's control and goodness. Listeners, God exercises perfect control over every event in your life as well even situations that are difficult and make no sense to you at the time, God exercises perfect control. When you're going through such things that bring discomfort, you have to know that the Lord's character is faithfulness. When you see the circumstances of your life through that lens, you will find greater comfort in God's sovereignty. Amen. Make sure you have a good picture of God's sovereignty in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. Stay right there. Be right back. And now, commanding your morning. Father, I receive the clarity and insight that your spirit gives me concerning both the spiritual world and the physical world. You promise to give me discernment wisdom, and understanding so that I might rightly divide scripture and know the difference between truth and lies. Increase my understanding as I seek you today. Reveal anything in my heart that is clouding my judgment or keeping me from fully submitting to your will and strategy for my life. Give me the strength to let go of anything and everything that keeps me from living life completely in tune with your voice. I declare now that I will walk in step with your spirit today and as he leads and guides me into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Father, today I will walk in a new level of intimacy with your spirit. Let the anointing that is on my life for this season flow uncontaminated upon my life, filling me with renewed purpose. May it attract only those you have divinely ordained to be a part of the work that you are accomplishing through me. I ask you to place the anointing of Samuel upon me that I might walk in new sensitivity in obedience to your voice. Help me to decrease so that you might increase. May my humility be reflected in my ability to hear your voice. As I walk in humble obedience to you, let your spirit work through me to touch those that I come in contact with today. In Jesus' name, amen. John 14, verse 26 says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. Amen. Father, I agree to do your will even if it's uncomfortable. I consecrate myself to you. Your word says your plans are to give me hope and a future. So I greet today in anticipation of the good things that you have prepared for me. Let your wisdom, your understanding, and your prophetic insight be upon me today. Cause me to walk in your perfect sync for the will you have for my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God doesn't want us to be in the dark about things. And many look at Jesus' praying, not my will, but yours be done. In the Garden of Gethsemane, don't forget, not one instance, God prayed this prayer, and it was not because he didn't know the will of God. It was because he was agreeing to do the will of God, despite the pain that it would cause him. So it was a prayer of consecrating himself to the tough road ahead of, to the cross and not him saying, Lord, I don't really know what you want in this matter. So please do whatever you think is best. It is God's will, not ours, be done in all things. And John chapter 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call you friends, for all things that you have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Amen. pretty strong. And God's purpose for your life 
We've been studying the Lord's good and acceptable and perfect will. Well, today, let's look at what it means that God's plans for you are perfect. When we read the word perfect, we may be daunted by thoughts of having to maintain a flawless walk with God. But that is not what is intended by the word. The Greek word teleos that is used is better translated as finished, brought to maturity, enabled to reach the goal, or needing something for completeness. So in other words, the Lord already has a comprehensive and trustworthy strategy for leading you all the way to victory. The Lord has no half-baked schemes, especially when it comes to your life. You may not know his full plan, but he does. He knows it. In fact, he's the only one that knows the end from the beginning, and he can and will bring it to absolute completion. So there's never a need to worry about whether or not God's plan will work out. It will, period. So please don't fear. Entrust your life to him and he will lead you to triumph. This we have to believe, listeners, that he will lead us to triumph in all things. Jesus, thank you for bringing your perfect plans to completion in my life. And I will trust you every step of the way. Amen. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, the godly may trip seven times but they will get up again. Why wouldn't anyone want to serve a God that feels that way? We know how difficult it is to stay on the path when circumstances are both confusing and painful. And as living sacrifices, We're tempted to crawl off the altar and run for the hills. But presenting your total being completely to God is the answer. And it's not ever easy. In fact, there's nothing more challenging in life than that. And for this reason, it's important for you to understand that offering yourself as a living sacrifice is not a one-time experience. We all wish it were. It's not a reality of our fallen human nature or the world we live in. As long as we exist on earth, we will be tempted to take back control. So when you fail, do not despair, do not run, from God. 
Instead, renew your commitment to him. Climb back on the altar and set your will on allowing Jesus to work in your mind, in your heart, and in your life. Because the true test of godliness is not avoiding falling, but it's getting back up again. So rise up, listeners, and give him everything you are and hope to be. Jesus, I present myself to you completely. I am yours, Lord. I am yours. Amen. Stay right there. Be right back. It gets better and better. And from Spectacle of Glory, uh, here's two beautiful um, explanations, I guess I should say. It says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So since it is actually our troubles that produce glory, then the greater the affliction suffered, the greater the glory these troubles create for us. And we just have to trust God through it all. We have to trust him when life becomes terrible or unbearably difficult. And as we do, our very real hardships will feel lighter and lighter almost momentarily. There is for certain a greater glory awaiting on the horizon. So your truth is the Lord brings that comfort. And you have to believe the word today, though it makes little logical sense. But it says, if you endure troubles today, Staying positive and trusting, it's the same as depositing glory into your future account. And the glory will far outweigh and surpass the heartache and troubles we encounter on this brief life on earth. So just believe it and be content. Amen. And then it says, maybe you're the type of person who doesn't handle change very well. You are always saying, what now? How will this work out? How will I manage? Well, thoughts like these should remind us to turn to the scriptures to hear God's word. Malachi 3.6 says, I the Lord do not change. So God's care and compassion for us will never change. He will always provide for us 
even though it may seem to be very much at the last minute, but it's always in the nick of time. What's more, his change in our lives may be exactly what we need. We have a tendency to hold on to old remedies, old patterns, old methods of coping. But the Lord says, see, I am doing a new thing. Life changes and God's methods of provision also will change but his care and commitment will never change. So Father in heaven, I worship you today as the changeless one. You are ageless, undying, everlasting. You are the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. The heavens will perish, but you will remain the same, Lord, and your years will never end. So I'm going to bring all my fears, all my uncertainties to you and leave them at your feet. Amen. God is so good. If you want to continue reading some scriptures on that subject, read Isaiah chapter 43, James chapter 1, and Hebrews chapter 1. Let's keep ourselves strengthened and empowered with God's word. Amen. That's all we have time for today, listeners. Thank you for coming to pray with me. I feel the blessings. And yes, they have already started for today. Just look for them. Remember, Jesus loves you. So do I. Come back tomorrow. Bye for now.